Welcome, everyone. For those of you who are longtime listeners, first, thank you for continuing to support Z Prime on the Grid. And also, you probably know that we occasionally like to take stock of the industry and ourselves with various other Z Primers in our company. Uh, you might remember we did something similar with the research roundup or our end of year reflections. With ETS 19 in the rearview mirror, we're back to talk about how we're looking forward and what we're looking forward to. I've got two good friends and colleagues here to lay that out. As always, co-host Aaron Hardick is here. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well, Dylan. Always excited to kind of check in on the year to see how it's going. It's flying by so fast. So I'm excited to be talking with you and Jason today about uh, some of the things that have happened and then some of the things that we also think are going to happen um, as we finish out uh, the rest of this year. It is going by really fast. Maybe we're getting older. That's a scary thought. We also have Jason Rodriguez, co-founder and CEO of Z Prime here. How are you doing today, Jason? Hi, Dylan. I'm doing great. Great to be back here talking with you and Aaron. And yeah, especially off ETS 19, there's a lot of things are rolling through, I think, all of our minds, and we're looking forward to the discussion today. That's good. Jason, I know we're five months into 2019 already, but because ETS is basically like a culmination of everything we've done as a company over the past year, it feels like, at least as far as Z Prime's concerned, our new year really begins now. What are Z Prime's goals for the coming year in terms of philosophy and new ideas we're bringing? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to break this down into probably three, three or four parts. Uh, going forward, it's just a lot of this, yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. I think ETS does give us, is that springboard for us in terms of what we're doing next, but also drives a lot of our focus in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So a lot, a lot of, I think you're going to hear about from Z Prime, which is probably not new, I think it's just going to be elevated, is this, this, this a conversation about co-innovation and creation of new ideas new business models or policies with your customers and stakeholders. And coming out of ETS 19, I think that was one of the underlying things I heard a lot of in the discussions that you have to be able to not just move fast uh, and also take risk and fail and all those things, but you also have to come up with new new ways and uncomfortable ways of creating new services, new ideas, and even policies. So traditionally, a lot of times when a product is created, you do not see it until the producer of that product uh, coming up is also we're going to get a chance to drill down on some topics that have been top of mind at Z Prime for for a long time, and one of those is sort of this energy and storage, energy storage and solar nexus conversation that we see a lot of interest growing in really fast, and we're going to be able to have that conversation from a new event that, that we're launching through an acquisition called Solar Storage Fest. That's coming up in August, and for the first time, we'll really get to take that conversation, bring it to life and with the Z-Prime flair. It also allows us to, I think, take a, a topic that is touching several industries, not just transportation and energy industry. It's also going to touch the way people communicate and connect as you give people the ability to have new services and sort of go off-grid in a much easier way. So we're really excited to be able to elevate that conversation. Third, thirdly, I think this kind of centers around our, our smart city, smart community focus, this concept of mobility, mobility that, that's happening in, in real time really fast, whether it's Uber and Lyft and some of the, the, 
heated conversations that they are having around their IPOs. If you look at the way they're trying to deal with uh, accessibility, uh, you you have a lot of eyeballs on these things. But we really think whatever happens with the policy conversation uh, when they IPO of e-scooters, uh, even urban air transfer as more drones start to take take flight and use for delivery service, we really think that this conversation is going to be high and, and we're we're going to be able to have that conversation here at Z Prime. And then I think the, the other one uh, is privacy is going to continue to be uh, extremely important amongst uh, consumers and businesses as well. That's kind of how we see Z Prime really focusing on not just in terms of the topics, but also building some 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 content, new events, uh, and some new ideas around in 2019. Aaron, we made some trends predictions at the start of 2019. Now that we've uh, now that we've hosted three events ourselves, and you've been to even more, what trends are revealing themselves to be the most important of 2019? Where haven't we been looking that maybe we should? That's a good question, Dylan. And we talked about a few things when we were kind of laying out our predictions for 2019. But I'm going to talk about three today. And I think that these areas are being focused on and have a lot of attention because um, we haven't quite figured out what exactly we're going to do with them. First of all, we, we talked about storage and its impact uh, on the market. We're seeing a lot of utilities struggle to figure out what to do with storage, whether that's on the residential side, trying to get um, homes to adopt storage and then aggregating them and controlling them to act um, in a way similar to a centralized generation plant. And then we're also seeing storage in the wholesale market where you have competitors bidding um, to put solar in storage uh, in the wholesale market and kind of act as traditional baseline generation. So we're seeing a lot of different markets try to figure out how to handle storage and utilities and policymakers are still working through these things. So there's a lot of attention there. Um, it's happening in different ways across uh, across North America. That's why I'm really excited that we are launching the Solar Storage Fest because there's still a lot to be figured out in this area. Um, another thing that we talked about was IoT, and this kind of goes back to um, more resources on the distribution grid. We're seeing homes adopt smart thermostats and utilities are partnering with third parties to look at ways to control those thermostats to optimize the distribution grid. That's happening, again, in different ways across different markets uh, in the United States. Texas and San Antonio in particular has a very large uh, bring-your-own-thermostat program um, and, and they're looking at ways to optimize the use of those thermostats. But thermostats are just one example. Most of the time when we're talking about these devices, it's really the optimization of AMI and how utilities are looking at that for demand response and energy efficiency programs. But there's still a lot to be figured out when it comes to actually controlling these devices and how do you have platforms and applications that talk to different types of IoT devices um, and bring them all together and aggregate them in a meaningful and impactful way. 
And then the last thing that we talked about really was electric vehicles um, and the impact that they were going to have on the grid. And like Jason just mentioned, we're starting to look at how the electrification of other industries is impacting the grid. And of course, that means mobility, transportation, electrification. EVs are causing a lot of debate, again, on the policy side, figuring out um, how to incentivize, if to incentivize people to adopt electric vehicles. So still, just a lot of these things are being worked out. And I think, you know, storage, IoT, and electric vehicles are very hot topics in the industry because they have such a big ability to impact um, the business model of utilities. So those are the three areas that, you know, we, we predicted would be hot topics. They, they are hot topics. And I think that we should revisit this again at the end of the year to kind of see where, where, we, where we've gotten to at that point. I agree. We're definitely going to have that conversation and po- possibly more as, as the year goes on. We're going to keep our ear to the ground on those trends. Jason, we crowned a new thought leader of the year, uh, Gil Quinones, the CEO of NIPA, who was on the show a couple weeks back. And the bar continues to be raised by leaders in this field. We, we don't need to get like into the who is an early contender, nitty gritty or whatever, but just what qualities are we looking for in our industry leaders for this coming year? Yeah, I think it kind of boils down to kind of who is implementing big ideas and then who's able to, and do these ideas have global and industry impacts? And then at the same time, how are they kind of engaging with their community? And, and that's really, really hard to do. You, you can usually do one, but it's hard to do others, in this, especially in such a highly regulated industry. So, so to me, that that's kind of what what. what I look to. Um, so I'll go ahead and throw a few contenders out there just because I've seen these folks, uh, you know, at least this one individual, been out there for several years. It, and it's not a big utility, but what they've done is continually to be two, sometimes five years ahead of what some of your larger folks do. And I would say what, uh, what Mary Powell is doing out in, in Vermont is probably one that that I'd say is, it would be a big contender in terms of she's been implementing big ideas for several years now. And what, in speaking of storage, right, is one of those things she was ahead of the game on, and she's super in tune with what her community and listening to her community. So I'll, I'll throw Mary Powell out there as my first one who who has been doing and putting in the work for a long time. And unlike some of the bigger utilities, uh, they do not have that the, the these big funds to pull from. They have to be very creative in how they implement these big ideas. So, so that that's probably a, a different a different angle than we've taken in the past. But just when you look at year after year, who's who's continually to push the envelope? That's the one that sticks out to me. Jason, you mentioned Green Mountain Power, and actually, you know, last week they introduced a new pilot um, to use battery storage systems as meters. So they partnered with Tesla to have to put batteries in every home. So 250 customers enrolled in the utility uh, program, and so this is just one of those things you just talked about. She was ahead of the curve on storage again. So they're doing it again. Um, she's continuing to deliver these innovative pilots um, that I think will end up being really impactful. Whether or not they work out is a different story, but the fact that they're at least getting it out there and trying it um, is a big deal. Yeah, 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 I completely agree. 
And 250 is a lot, especially when you compare to the size of the community they serve. Um, they're, they're, they're not small by no means, but that's, that's, a, that's a whole, getting a whole community to agree to try something very new. Uh, again, yeah, hats off. And, and yeah, I would, um, I would tip her as Green Mountain Power as an early front runner, Dylan. So. Please come on the show, Mary. We love you. So I have a question for, for both of you. Aaron, we'll start with you. What is one thing you've seen or heard that makes you optimistic about the coming year in this industry? And what is one thing that's got you scratching your head in like confusion or frustration? So I think what I'm optimistic about is we're seeing utilities start to talk about how they are aware that maybe they previously didn't have the best understanding of customer preferences and how their customers were expecting them to deliver an experience, that typically is a very big challenge for organizations that exist in an industry that does things the same way for a long time. For them to start to come out and talk about how they really looked at this problem and recognize it as a significant problem, that encourages me because it shows that they're thinking about it and they're thinking about how to solve this issue of disengaged customers. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, or that's what encourages me. The one thing that has me scratching my head, and I don't know if scratching my head is actually the right term. The one thing that concerns me is there is somewhat of a disconnect between how to achieve a fully digital entity and what is realistic today. There is still a lot of tension between operations, operational technology folks and informational technology folks within utilities on agreement and how to move forward with digital strategies. You have a lot of the operations people saying we can't do this, this, and this because of our experience for these reasons. But then you have some of the IT side saying, well, this is what's next and this is how we need to achieve this long-term strategy. There still is significant challenges in that area. So that's what kind of has me, uh, that's what I would say is a big focus of mine right now, trying to figure out why those challenges are so prevalent um, and how do we start to work through them. You know, I agree very much with your assessment there, Aaron. There's a there's a phrase I learned when I worked in customer service, which was always find a way to yes. And I feel like oftentimes in this industry, people are always trying to find a way to no. There are lots of solutions, but there's always you know a reason why that we like that solution, but there's a reason why we can't do it and that sort of thing. So I, I think getting over that is a big part of that. Absolutely. Um, Jason, what about you? What what's something that's got you optimistic, and one thing that's Got you raising an eyebrow. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. And, and you know, I think Aaron's a great point, especially that that last one. And that that that's a big conversation going on. Uh, but what really got me excited is that I think this is the first time. Um, I don't know if I'm looking harder or paying more attention, but I feel like these citizens really understand that they have a role to play in this. Uh, from your traditionally citizen who's never thought. Twice, not just about energy or infrastructure, we see that increasingly happen. I think some of the movements we've seen with, um, I, I forget the, um, 
taking place with some of the students actually walking out about climate change, and that, that's interesting. You, you have a student-led type of movement going on, which is part of a, a broader educational outreach, maybe driven some by the, the political sphere a little bit, but either way, however it got there, I think I'm very excited to see that we know we have a role to play. It doesn't matter how small the contribution is. I think you're, especially probably the younger generation, is actually probably influencing the sort of the older folks to really take a stand and, and, and some, driving some calls to action that I don't think we've seen in a long time here, particularly in the U.S. So that got me very excited, and I think that's going to continue to drive conversations around policies around mobility, electrification, even getting down to what storage and, and, and solar and how they can create new new opportunities and services for the customer. Jason, I believe you were referring to Greta Thunberg, the 15-year-old Swedish girl who's been leading these intense climate strikes with students across Europe. And um, it's been amazing, yes, to see this level of activism, especially from a younger generation that typically gets a bad rap for being disengaged. So it's been quite uh, quite a change of momentum. Yeah, I, what I wanted to note that one thing that makes me optimistic is the conversation around the utility from everyday people. Um, I know it's really easy for us to kind of be so wrapped up in in this in the uh, I'm at a loss for words here. It's so easy for us to kind of get wrapped up in the whirlwind of stuff that goes on in this very complex industry. But, you know, the way that people experience their utility is fairly straightforward uh, with the interactions they have. And so oftentimes before you, you would you would he hear people talking about the utility in terms of just basically just their bill and how much they hate having to pay it and that it's too high, et cetera, et cetera. But... I'm hearing more of a, of a shift in that conversation. Obviously, you know, you, your biggest interaction with your, your electric utility is still your bill, but I'm hearing my friends talk talk about uh, talk about things like climate change. Like they've they've asked me, "Do you know like what Avista's renewable portfolio is?" And I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, that's something that's a conversation that's a conversation that people are having now which they really didn't use to in regards to their utility so that that whole talk about the you know the customer revolution or the the customer taking more agency over their own power and expecting more out of their utility is very true it's happening like i i see it happening in my in my community uh and i'm sure you guys see it in yours so that that's not just a it's not just a a fluff thing it's it's very much real. But I will say to that point, Dylan, we are seeing more people talk about utilities in their daily lives, but also because utilities are being pushed more into the spotlight. We have the PG&E wildfires putting, putting a utility in a spotlight for a not so great reason. We had that large transformer fire in New York where people literally thought that an alien ship was like landing in New York because of that obnoxious, crazy blue light that was coming from that transformer uh, fire. So it's, it is happening, but it's happening for good, but, and also not so great reasons. Yes. Not all, 
not all uh, publicity is good publicity. Unless you look at it through the lens of, uh, yes, these are not good reasons for people to be discussing utilities and having them in the news. But if people are made aware of these sorts of things, then that, that, that again gives them agency to push for, the, for their utilities to do better, to pressure their regulators into uh, setting, setting appropriate limits so that these things don't happen or for them to you know, pressure, their, pressure their utility into adopting better practices. But I, I, I agree. It's not, it's not always good to have people talking about you if they're talking about you for... I guess our equivalent up here would be killing the fish. So, Jason, what's what was the thing you had that you're a little more concerned about? Yeah, I think this might be more of a pet peeve, but given that we are uh, an analyst firm too, so we <laughs> live by the sword, die by the sword. Uh, so I can't <laughs> I can't knock it too much, just to be honest. But 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 I think just the the fetishization or or the marketing aspects put into some of the advanced technology, I think it's still, this has been going on since probably the beginning of time, but I see it playing out a lot now, especially with uh, some of the bigger companies with between IoT, we did it, we had it with smart grid, we had it with digital grid. But we're starting to see this both with autonomous technology, even AR, VR technology, and, and, and AI is probably the, the one where you see companies most guilty of just slapping an AI tag on something, and, and then blockchain. I think that was probably more a year ago, but that's still pretty prevalent. So, so I, I guess it's not, the technology is, is not kind of my, my where the frustration lies. It's more of how we're using it to sell the technology. Because I think at the end of the day, these technologies have a key role to play in the right situation. Given the right problem, they could help solve. But, but doing that, I think the, Industry kind of does itself a disservice because if you market something as AI and all it is is just kind of a little bit of advanced analytics and, and statistics, then I think you kind of get yourself in trouble. And the end user who thinks they're getting something could actually to solve a problem they think they have, they really do have, then it doesn't work out. And I think you, you it actually holds up the industry as a whole. Um, this has been going on for this is the beginning of time, so I don't think it's, we're going to solve it. Um, but as a research company, I think this is kind of our job is to separate separate where those applications are really being used, right? This is how we can actually help help with this and actually say this is a good use case and the application of blockchain or AI in utilities or, or autonomous vehicles. This is really autonomous, not semi-autonomous or whatever the definition is. Um, so that's probably the good news. But... I've seen that rise, and you guys have seen it probably in your social feeds. I'm sure the industry, our colleagues, see it too. Um, but, but it would definitely help everyone out if we kind of were very careful with how we use some of this terminology. So you're saying I shouldn't sell my Excel macro as a as AI? Yeah, but I have a feeling that I have a feeling that's happening though. I mean, it's a great example of I think someone packaging up what, what they called analytics two years ago and calling it AI today. Because um, there are real AI people out there doing amazing work, and it kind of muddies the waters. But hey, I can't can't knock the marketing side of trying to sell something. I guess. But. I agree with you, Jason. This is some, definitely something that we're seeing. It's a problem. It kind of comes to light in two different ways. A utility has a problem that they need solved, and they're buying the wrong technology because they thought it was something that it wasn't. 
The other issue or the reverse side of it is utilities are seeing this technology and they're applying it to the wrong problem. So problem identification is also an issue. And those things, I think, do contribute to your point of this fetishization of software or solutions by the industry. It's causing a lot of confusion, I think. And I, But I also do think that both utilities and vendors are responsible for ironing out kind of these communication issues. I don't know if communication issues is the right word, but kind of... Um, they need to figure out how to get on the same page about these things. And I, I want to just narrow that focus a little bit. Uh, pick a particular nit on the word disruption, which I think needs to be utilized a bit less. Because I think a better word would be adaptation. Because it's about having, an, having uh, a more advanced solution to a, to a continuous problem. And if you talk about you talk about disruption, and then it get and then all of a sudden people are trying to change change models or change uh, systems that they don't necessarily need to out of the sake of it being new. I guess I guess that's just something that's continued to bug me. Following not just energy news but tech news in general, that's that's my particular hill I'm dying on. Mm -hmm. I like it. I, I do agree, Dylan. Though just just it, I, I agree that we disruption is, is becoming generalized because we're using it across a lot of things. That whole last conversation is, is a huge, huge issue. <laughs> but uh, and I'm sure we, ha we will not hear it. We're going to continue to hear that. Yeah. If anyone needs help with their messaging, we do we do consultation. Give us a ring. Uh, so I think that's a, a good place to leave it for now. Jason, thank you for coming on and talking with us about the state of the industry. Hey, you're welcome. I love it. Let's, let's continue to do this more and look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Happy to have you on. Anytime. Aaron, thank you for your insights today. Thank you, Dylan. I did just want to say one more thing about the, our, our discussion that we ended with. There's this idea uh, that's talked about among technologists. Um, Kevin Kelly actually really popularizes it in his book, The Inevitable. But he pretty much says that we are now at a point in our society where we're in a constant state of what he calls becoming. We're always becoming something else at this point. So I think that was just really relevant. And it's a good way to kind of wrap up what we were just talking about. But it was fun. And I look forward, Jason, to having you back on to, to do this more. You can find our research and media at ETSinsights.com. You can find us on social media at D.Y. Lockwood, at Aaron underscore Hardick, at Jason S. Rodriguez, and at Z Prime underscore Research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.